This podcast is brought to you by 411 Fightwear, an e-commerce platform that's redefining the local fightwear industry. You can check them out at 411fightwear.com and also on Instagram at 411fightwear. That's 411fightwear. Shut up, Mohit. No, I'm not. Shut the fuck up. All right. Uh, Enjoying enjoying yourselves? Yeah. I mean, yeah, Mohit. Because we're not in the the same room, Mohit talks shit. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, (laughs) he wouldn't be saying these things. No, but um, yeah, man. uh, uh, Mohit, why don't you introduce our guest and then we'll... We'll yeah, get just gonna get to the conversation. <clears throat> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Leverage Radio. Today, we are speaking to Kremli Mehta. He's the head coach of the Combat Academy in Nagaland. Kremli, welcome to our little show, man. How are you doing? Thank you. Awesome to be here. Thanks for having me. How have you been man. spending your time, man? I've been noticing your social media is blowing up. So you've been well, very active recently. There's a lot of free time. There's a lot, there's a lot of free time. There's nothing to do. So something to keep myself occupied. Dude, I noticed you play a lot of Call of Duty also, man. I just finished playing like a solo game right now. Uh, <laughs> I love it, but I hate, I suck at it. Yeah, Why? that's my problem. You, do you, do yeah. you play, uh, you play Warzone, right? Yeah, Warzone. Yeah. I hate that. Do you shit. play, do you have like a squad you play with? Or you, you I do have a couple of friends who we game all the time together. Actually, my problem is uh, Nagaland, our internet is not the best in the world. So amazingly high pitch. <laughs> yeah, and fucking having that in a first person shooter, it's horrible. It's the worst, yeah. It's the worst. But, uh, have, you, have you won a game yet? No, that's, that's how bad I am. I haven't won yeah. a single game. Yeah. No, but that can also just be like your team. <laughs> we suck. I'm pretty sure we suck. <laughs> no, I'm blaming them. I'm pretty good here. They suck. They suck, man. No, my team's the same, bro. They're trash. I have one yeah. guy who refuses to use his gun. He doesn't shoot people that are standing in front of him. So it's, it's a little hard. Not, not that like, bad. Okay, not that bad. Yeah, see, see. My guy, okay, like you have noobs who shoot and miss. That's yeah. cool. My guy doesn't shoot. He so lines up the perfect deep, shot and then dies. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but actually, so, when it comes to gaming, us. like... Um, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, when it comes to gaming, like, are uh, these... The worst are the ones who keep screaming, revive, revive, revive. I'm down, revive, revive, revive. <laughs> Those are the worst. That's Mohit. That's yeah, Mohit. Dude, I stopped playing. Like, so he tried to get me to play Warzone. So mm. we, we had been playing, before Warzone came out, we had been playing whatever the team normal match, team online. death match. Uh, okay, okay, huh. What it was. So I was used Emoji. to dying, respawning, mm. knowing what to do, and then going after it, right? So that was my, it was like a kamakazi strategy, like 13 deaths, 14 kills, something like that. <laughs> hey, but you played, but then you feel like you did something in the so game. I was like, yeah, I was you like, dude, like 14 kills, like 12 assists. I have done my part. My team won. But in this thing, you get going and the moment you start running around, you get shot from far away. And then you're in like basically a virtual fist fight. You're like, oh, fuck this. So I, I spent like, why, do, like, why torture ourselves? That's, that's, I still play it. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, I keep telling these guys, why are you playing, man? Just 
like play something else where at least you can enjoy playing the game and not be stressed out the hey, whole time. Man. I win some, okay? Come on. I, I don't lose all of them. Yeah, I suppose mean, if I you're lose, winning I lose 80%. I lose 80%, but I win some. But it takes a lot of patience. Um, so tell us about your gym, man. How do you get started? Um, we did some uh, research on you. You've had a couple of MA fights under your belt as well. Yeah. So uh, from so the beginning, when this and how long you been training, man? After I finished school, so about 2009, 2010, I actually started doing Muay Thai. I I went to Thailand. I wanted a holiday, so since I finished school, I just I read up that Thailand has these camps, so you can just go live there for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. So that's actually my first thing with competitive combat sports. So I got in, I went to Thailand, lived there for three months, and I was learning Muay Thai. Then uh, I shifted to Bombay for college. And then uh, over there, Evolution was training. So I joined them and I, that's where I started learning. I started training MMA, started doing BJJ. And that's how I started, yeah. Evolution is... Uh, Vicky, Jitendra Thare? Jitendra? Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. He's a, he's a purple belt now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how is... I, I, I've heard a lot about him. What is he like? Um, how's his game? Um, what's that team and team like? Uh, when it comes to ga- uh, his game, top heavy. Uh, He's a heavy guy, so I'd imagine. Yeah, top heavy. Yeah, top heavy. <laughs> uh, his team is mostly uh, wrestlers. Okay. Majority of wrestlers, yeah. Uh, as a person, you need to take him with a pinch of salt. Yeah. I understand. Yeah, I, understand. I know him pretty well, so I'm pretty okay with him. Right. I, I, I've had no interaction with him, so I wouldn't know. But um, I know that a lot of you guys are good wrestlers also. Does that come directly from uh, what you picked definitely. up over there? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's part of the game over here. And for MMA, I think it's so important. Wrestling, would I would call wrestling the number one. Absolutely. It's number yeah. one. And then everything else follows. Absolutely. Like, when people ask me, what what should my kid do? What, what martial arts should they do? I like... Listen, stop making your kids run around in the park, wasting time doing taekwondo yeah. and karate. You put your kid in wrestling and see what happens. But, um, yeah, so, um, so you trained with Evolution for how long? I was there for three, three years, my college years. And then after that, I came back home and it was on and off, on and off, going back to Evolution for a while, every part of the year. And actually, how the Gombat Academy started off was uh, I broke my foot. So I had to come home for a longer period of time. So I came home and I was sitting at home for a while. And to kill time, I just started like showing some of the guys around the locality, like moves, like just BGG stuff. And they're such good athletes. Like it's so easy for them to, they were picking up stuff like so easily. And I wanted to do something more concrete. When I spoke to my coaches back in Bombay, then even from Darren from Singapore, he flew down and we did, a seminar in Nagaland and the response is pretty good. Dan Silva, uh, Dan Silva, he's the proprietor and head coach at 5G Singapore. It's a gym in Singapore. Okay. Okay. And, um, yeah. Uh, so what about you, man? Uh, your BJJ journey. Um, do you guys train a lot of BJJ? You train in the Gi? So we don't train in the Gi. That's something I feel pretty, a lot of MMA. We barely train uh, gi, like 
I kid you not, I've had the gym for what, right now, five years. I would probably be able to count on two hands the number of times you have trained at the, with the gi. In, now, because neither am I, like, I'm, I'm it's blue, not required, man. It's not required. It's not required. required. If you're training MMA, there's no need. Mm, it's not required. But, um, yeah, uh, where, I mean, so you, you're teaching these guys on a daily mm. basis. Mm. Where are you getting the majority of your information from? I know that it's, I mean, you got a lot of it stored up in your head, but um, how are you keeping up to date with, um, well, at least the, the internet. BJJ world? The, the BJJ internet. World, like, yeah. today, so what's your process? Uh, if I see something interesting, I'll get the name of the move and then I'll search tutorials or techniques that explain what it is, how it works. And then I go back and do it with the guys and I'll figure start, I'll try doing it. And then, okay, I don't like this. I want to add this. I want to add small, small things. And everyone adds a small piece of their own color to the technique. And then yeah. that's how we come up with uh, new moves. It's, it's, it's and- information is free nowadays. It's all over the internet. Exactly. I mean, that's my process also. I just, so what I do is, um, I mean, I, I study different instructors and just teach them like, use them like essentially professors in different theory. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something you follow, uh, especially with wrestling? Um, I've struggled with getting new information um, because there isn't much out there. There so, isn't much. Where are you picking up your wrestling stuff from? Is that is it? Are you just going based on what you picked up with evolution or no? With the small small things, the small small things I come. But uh, my perspective for wrestling, especially when it comes to MMA, I really don't think you need a lot of complicated mm-hmm. wrestling techniques for MMA wrestling. MMA, MMA wrestling is super simple. It's double legs, single legs, sprawls. Is literally that's it. And then you work. And you have you cage add work. a little bit a cage work. Cage work is the mm-hmm. one thing that's. I feel uh, completely original to MMA. You look at BJJ. Mm-hmm. Exclusive look at completely. Yeah. Exclusive. The only thing that makes, why didn't Khabib is so good? Khabib is the one who's taken it to the next level. He has trained it as a separate martial arts. I'm sh- like, I would like to, yeah. think, I would like to start doing this at the gym where you have a day that's just meant for just cage work. Yeah. Just cage. yeah. I agree with you completely because it's, it's very, very ignored. And uh, I mean, you see the guys that know how to use it to their advantage. It is on another level, man. Another level. It's something that um, Eugene Behrman's camp does quite a bit of as well. Adesanya, Volkanovsky, these guys, they have specific days where they're solely working on getting up off the floor with your back against the wall. And the stuff, when it comes to the cage, uh, when you have people like Khabib, Khabib has mastered grappling against the cage. A lot of people don't think about it, but striking against the cage also changes. You know, people need to put in some mind into what technique works against the cage when you're striking, mm-hmm. not when you're wrestling, when you're striking. Uh, mm-hmm. And on that note, BJJ too. I really feel a lot of people say BJJ doesn't work against the cage because you really don't have the space to angle out to create angles. I disagree. I, I, also um, disagree. I think there yeah, are things that yeah. will work. It just needs to get figured out. Like, no, uh, there, there, that, there are... Depends, depends, defense, offense, depends on what you're trying to do exactly. Yeah. But yes, uh, you did, as you mentioned, leg locks, there's, there's so much, man. I mean, there's it's so endless, many. the opportunities. Yeah, and uh, my, my thought on this is that what, uh, when you're going, when you're doing, uh, when you're getting arm bars, etc., you need to get angle out. You need to a- create an angle, right? 
Yeah. Right. leg looks, I don't really think you need to create that many angles. No, you just need rotation. You don't need to. You just, yeah, just move, rotation and you're moving the foot to a certain yes. position. Yes. You lock up and then yeah. you rotate. You don't need right. angles against the cage. Not uh, at all. Foot, not at all. I think foot, foot, foot locks against the cage is something. I'm sure Dana has that squad. These guys will be working at, working on this like mad. I mean, I look at foot locks as entry entryways or gateways into heel hooks because I don't see people dab into foot locks in a cage. Um, but yeah, uh, footlock, maybe you need about 80, 90 degrees to get a finish or a break. Mm-hmm. But again, that's just a gateway into a rotational finish or a heel hook or a knee bar. Heel hook, yeah. So it's not an issue. Uh, mm-hmm. But that leads me to my next question, man. Uh, do you compete? Uh, or are you active comp- competitively? What's your scene? No, I'm a cheerleader. That's I good, actually, man. But... I actually had a motor accident uh, where uh, I broke a couple of stuff. So actually, since then, I haven't really competed. But this lockdown has, in one way has really put me back into just training regularly, training regularly. So I started doing that. I actually had a hemorrhage. So I need to check, get my brain checked every year. Oh, shit. So, yeah. So, of course, striking is out of the question for, the, yeah. for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And shit, man. Uh, that sucks. So, but uh, what was the recovery like uh, if you were hemorrhaging? I mean... Yeah. Yeah, what's what's recovery for something like that? How long does that take to heal up? So it it's heal it heals pretty fast, right? But then the uh, problem here is that it might happen again. Something there might be some problem in the future, and it's it's important that I just need to get my brain checked, like a uh, CD scan every year. And did you have any cognitive uh, issues in terms of your memory? No memory. Or I have, I have zero memory of the entire day, of the entire right, day, and the next, next two days. Yeah, and the next. I mean, two days, I've had a. I've had a couple of concussions and it comes back to you slowly. That hasn't come back to you, nothing? No, it hasn't come back. And so do you struggle with, have you noticed any difference uh, in yourself before and after? Uh, I mean, I hope you don't mind talking about it if you do. No, no, no. I'm I'm completely chill. No worries, bro. Mm -hmm. Uh, Initially, I was having a lot of memory problems. I would forget a lot of stuff. So if I even spoke to the doctor, told him like, I'm forgetting a lot of things. the short-term memory, my short-term memory went for a toss. It was, mm-hmm. it got horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the doctor said like, your brain went to zero. Like it suddenly just switched off. So it'll take right. some time for it to get back. Get back, some... yeah. Uh, because is... I had that issue when I got concussed. I mean, I just, mm. my short-term memory is shit. I can't shit. explain to you. Mm. I, I, it's just so hard to work with. Uh, but yeah, I guess that makes sense over a period of time. Sorry, Mark, but... Um, I was just asking, what about intensity of training since uh, the hemorrhage? Like, is, is there something where you, you, you have to take it a little bit easier, I would think, right? Like, in terms of I just pushing. I think I'm just a lazy fuck. I don't think there's, <laughs> a, there's any problem because I have worked out hard uh, sometimes. Nothing since. has happened. Yeah, yeah just yeah. so lazy. Mm. But you lose that habit, right? So the biggest problem that happened is that when the accident occurred, uh, I lost the habit of working out every day and putting that effort in every day. So what's mm-hmm. taken some time is getting that habit back. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the only problem that's happened. I mean, it's it's something you do struggle with. Um, it sucks that happens to you at a young age. Yeah. Uh, it's difficult to get over, I think, especially with the brain. It's like that uncertainty doesn't go away, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's good to see that you've successfully made that transition into the coaching job. Uh, tell us about your guys, man, and your team. Um, 
what's the state of the academy right now with this situation oh the academy right now of course we're shut following government protocols but what we are doing is we are doing privates so that's working out pretty well everyone's employed everyone's been getting paid so that's one thing i would like to, like i would be thankful for that's been able to happen over this period of time where even though my gym is shut people are still being i'm still being employed people i'm still being able to pay them that's awesome to hear that you you're doing privates because um, me and my partner you know jahangir we spoke about this and uh, we were thinking of doing privates but i think there is still a bit of fear um, that's out there as Definitely. to what if somebody wants to create issues for us mm. but i think going into next week i'm going to get back to that uh, just to keep the place running man um, but i don't know how long we're going to be able to sustain ourselves if this continues Hmm. uh but uh what kind of space do you have in nagaland is your place how big is your place there uh should be somewhere 18 1800 square feet 17 to 1800 square feet that's nice and yeah. you got a cage in there uh, i've seen no we don't have cage we have oh. uh, we have panels yeah panels right, yeah right, right. as good as uh and um, you got how many professional fighters under you right now man one and i'm with you amateur will i'll be having six or i think seven six seven and did you did you guys did you have a team coming down for the adcc tournament this year we were supposed to so even as far as that like we were supposed to what happened is that we had a few mma fights that we, we were going to fight abroad okay. so and for me i'm very very clear cut with the guys that you guys want to compete you can compete you guys don't want to compete don't compete i'm not your headmaster i'm not going to force things down you so bunch of them the guys who are more interested into grappling where they wanted to compete but what is happening is that we were having mma ton, uh, competition lined up and it's a little selfish of me i guess cuz i stopped the younger ones because uh, we the guys who are fighting do need training partners of and course. we will be we will be training uh, striking we will not be training exclusively grappling mm-hmm. so i told some of the younger ones that don't go for this one help out help out the elder guys train for the the oh. fights yeah, yeah. and good. do you have other trainers along working with you you got uh, bjj coaches do you have or you just have mma guys do you have specialists with you you do everything yeah that's that's good hats off to you man that's exhausting uh, and you got to run the business along with that side by side that's that's pretty cool i mean we i've been trying to do that and mm-hmm. it weighs on you um, it's difficult the business aspect of it because uh, this is passion right i'm sure you're passionate about martial arts yeah right. something that teaching that's and training you. martial arts not running yeah. uh, <laughs> admin <laughs> a business yeah. yeah but that's 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 some that's a part that i only realized after i opened up the gym of course they are these are parallel verticals that need to be looked after and if i don't do mm-hmm. it as a proprietor who's going to do it exactly absolutely um and do you have any competition in nagaland uh I'll just choose I, i wouldn't say i wouldn't call them competition <laughs> Fem- Fem- <laughs> no no i i didn't i didn't i didn't mean to say it as an ass no i didn't mean it as solely i know i'm not this joke yeah this joke but yeah you know talking about uh, they are they are uh, dear friends of mine like i know them personally we've trained together right. in fact uh, one of them is one of my boys so he used to compete part of the team he used to uh, be one of my coaches and he's gone up and opened up his own gym 
which I'm very happy for. Like I've told him and I trust, uh, I completely back him no matter what. There, I think there's, there's, enough, there's enough good mojo for all of us. There's no need to get insecure. That's good vibes, man. Like there's a lot of animosity anyway in this whole thing. Like you don't need any more of it. Like by saying, oh, you left my team. Fuck you. No, that's insecurity, man. Like uh, I would be insecure if I'm thinking, no, he's going to take all my business. Yeah. I'm going to have no money. Right. It's insecurity. I'm okay. I'm like, I'm good at certain things. You're good at certain things. People prefer you. It's okay. People prefer me. It's okay. You just yeah. got to be a little more confident with yourself and chill with it. You'd think that people who've been training the martial arts for years on end would have that level of maturity. <laughs> but you'd be surprised, man. You'd be surprised with the egos that are prevalent. There's a lot of egos. No, but uh, I, was, I, was I was just thinking this and I was just uh, having a talk with one with uh, Im Kong, the professional fighter, and we were just discussing about ego, right? I really think as comparative athletes, as not martial arts, as competing athletes, Ego is, is necessary. It's not, it's, if you don't have an ego, you're not going to be a good point? fighter. What's yeah. the point? What's the right? point? Yeah. You're going to enter a cage or you're going to enter a mat. You're going to enter with the idea that you're better than him and you're going to prove that you're better than him, right? If that's not ego, what is? Absolutely. And I, I would say that overlaps to all kinds of sport. Uh, what is the point? What is the point of doing it if you don't have a certain level of healthy ego? In fact, the greats... Yeah. Are insane. I mean, yeah. They they go. prescribe it like Dana. I recently I read a post. He said like, skills without confidence, it's not really skill then, because you don't have the uh, you know belief to execute. You can't so, implement it. So yeah. the point? It's just plastic. Then it's just plastic. It's not real. Uh, on that note, what actually I feel is unhealthy with the martial environment is, as coaches, as administrator, why the fuck do you have an ego? Why the fuck do I have an ego? I'm, I'm, I'm a coach. I'm not a competing athlete. I'm not going to come roll with, I'm not going to beat you up. Don't size me up. And I really good, right? I'm, not, I'm not the biggest guy. I'm a tiny person, right? And then I'll, be, I'll go to these tournaments with my team. I'm fine. You size each other up. No problem. The fighters. Yeah. Why the fuck are you looking at me and sizing me up? That's <laughs> <laughs> It's a little different with me because I am competing right now. So, uh, and it's important. You have to have an ego. So it's okay. I don't mind people, but yeah. I can completely understand <laughs> <laughs> what you're going through. Man, that's, that's ridiculous. But yeah, uh, that's the thing with these, the majority of our Indian fighters, uh, they have a massive ego and I don't know what for because their skills certainly do not back up yeah. um, their egos. Uh, uh, but yeah, man. Um, so what are your thoughts on your fighters cross training? I'm completely okay with it. I have no problem whatsoever with them training with other people. I think uh, the more the, you learn so much more, but again, this comes insecurity, right? Why would I, stop someone, stop one of my fighters from training with someone else. I'm getting worried that that person will see that coach and be like, okay, that guy is much better than my coach. Why don't I shift gyms? Right. I think that's, are a, good. that's a major worry with people. Yeah. yeah. There are certain things I'm sure I'm good at. There are certain things that other people will be good at. It's not my prerogative right. to, to judge and call myself good and him bad. Right? If my fighter wants right. to do it all well and good, do it. It means I have failed. And if he judges the other person better than me, that's because, okay, because I have failed. I probably am not that good. It's fine. 
And um, so I don't know if you know, but we are um, so this this podcast will basically organize a supplement, uh, a tournament that we are going to be leverage running. It's a leverage, yeah, it's the eight-man tournament. So, dude, if you do have people, we have a fighter who's actually looking for a fight on the undercard. Mm-hmm. It's a blue card. Um, it's about seventy-five kilos. Mm. So if you do, ha- if you have somebody in mind, we would love to have them because I know the wrestling at the gym is fantastic. Mm. Um, I don't know about the ground game, mm. but I'm sure. Um, I've seen ADCs. I saw I saw you rolling, and uh, I'm thinking a few years back. My perspective with MMA and the Combat Academy, my gym, me, I want to concentrate on MMA. Like, right? uh, and a few years back. You could have MMA athletes that did BJJ and did very well in it, mm-hmm. uh, right. but the sport has evolved to such an extent that it's a special specialty by itself. BJJ is a specialty. You cannot be cross training if you want to be the best at BJJ. You I stick agree, one hundred percent. Yeah. On um, that note, I do. It. Yeah, go ahead. Finish. Uh, like for so leverage, I would I, love to. <laughs> you go ahead. Go ahead. Guys, go ahead. one of you. Go ahead. <laughs> Go for ahead, leverage, you'd love to. For leverage, you'd love to. I would love to send someone, but uh, again, like I said, I know how good you guys are. Okay, and mm-hmm. this is not out of any false confidence or soft false modesty. I have seen EDC rolling. Uh, I think we would do well at it, but I really don't see us winning it. And I'm saying this with complete modesty. Yeah, uh, we will do. It. I don't see myself winning it. Uh, when it comes to ego, like I said, competing ego, you only compete when you know you're going to win. Mm-hmm. Why should you compete if to just for the sake of competing? I don't believe in competing just for the sake of competing. You compete uh-huh. to win. I don't compete. Yeah, that's Mohit. So Mohit again, that kamikaze philosophy comes in with Mohit. So he yeah. goes to compete just to take people down with him. It's not <laughs> to make people better. <laughs> Dude, I have one good round in uh, me, so I'm just like I'm gonna just do a explosion. No, here. but uh, I mean, I mean that's a very that's a very mature way of looking at it. In fact, you're hmm. differentiating uh, your business and your goals also, so you don't waste. Hmm. Time, you know. Uh, similarly, I've noticed, like even with me, so I compete mainly nogi, and forget dropping my striking or my MMA. I have to drop the fucking gi also, man. Like mm. I can only train nogi if I'm prepping for a big competition. So I completely understand how it's. You have to be sort of one-dimensional. MMA athletes you have to, to be one-dimensional. Cross crossover into that, or BJJ athletes to cross over into that. You can't just get up and do it. I mean, you can put on a little bit of a show, but uh, not a winning show, I would imagine. So, which that's a very mature way of looking at it. It's a fresh perspective, which a lot of coaches do not have, unfortunately. You see that? Yeah, I, I think we could also be guilty of that uh, as well, Ashwin. I would say sometimes. For sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you, not me. Okay, sure, sure. Of course. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> You guys also focus heavily on your strength and conditioning program. I was seeing on uh, Instagram. Yeah. So how how much does that factor into your training? Like, how do you factor that into your training? Uh, if to be if you're not if you're not in a fight camp, if you're not training to fight, uh, forget we don't we don't train conditioning. It's just for clients and stuff. The team okay. will just the martial arts will be its conditioning by itself, right? But of course, when you're training to compete, when you're doing a fight camp, that changes. Then you do it. We train twice a day where uh, the evening is martial arts and the morning would be uh, yes. strength and conditioning. Right. 
Again, it's just supplementation. It's supplementing that, right? Yeah. Um, and what's happening with X1, man? So um, you used to, uh, I, what is your scene with X1 MMA? Again, this is an MMA promotion, which I think you were affiliated with or you were running. I'm not sure yeah. what's happening with that at the moment. How's that going? Everything is on a break right now. And uh, like my did you have anything planned? Uh, yeah, like to Naglin, it's been a few years, like even before X1, Yoda FC, we've been doing it. Shows have become really easy for us in Naglin. Like for me to do a show, I kid you not, I can make it happen in a week, in a week to 10 days, when if it's in Naglin. Like it's easy. Uh, so on that note, for me to sit and plan, it's a waste of effort. I'm not going to sit, I'm not going to waste time by sitting and planning when it's not going to work right now. There's no point. Like an right. event can happen right. overnight. It's not a headache. An event. There's, yeah. That makes sense. And uh, what, what about the, who sanctions the, your uh, fights? Uh, especially in MMA. Ireland. Uh, how does MMA that India. MMA India. MMA India is um, what exactly? I know there's IMA, there's MMA India. Again, this is with, this is the one uh, Jitendra is associated with? No, the with? MMA India will be uh, the IMAF, the International Mixed Martial oh, Arts. IMAF, that uh, IMMAF, the one that has the World IMMAF, yeah, International yeah, 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 Mixed Martial Arts yeah. Federation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. and who's your go-to guy? I mean, who would you get in touch with um, in India? Uh, who's the guy? Sharif, Ajit, Ajit, Ajit Sigamani. Right. Mm. All right. Uh, I, I really uh, never give a fuck about associations. Yeah. Dude, yeah, but like um, with us, it's like BJJ guys, we have these karate motherfuckers running the show. So it's, it can get a little infuriating from time to time because they have absolutely no clue about what they're getting themselves into and they, they're selling out a sport we spend day and night working on. So, um, which is why I'm. I'm trying to get into it now. So I'm looking at that aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, luckily, have you had, have you been uh, in, have you been butting heads with any of these guys? Have you had the unfortunate, uh, Dis- those encounters with these karate guys? I don't respond. There's something, <laughs> I don't respond. Uh, I, I actually a nice person. I come across as a nice person, but if I don't give a fuck, I don't give a fuck. Like, whatever, man. I'm not. You can't bother me here in Agulhas. So screw you. Do whatever you want. <laughs> Internet doesn't work. <laughs> I didn't get your message. That's all you gotta do. Uh, but that's cool, man. Um, what are your plans on reopening once the situation dies down? Because uh, and when do you see this? Give give us your gyan on. When do you think this is going to open up? Because I know everybody's got their own idea. No idea. I'm not even thinking over it. Uh, it'll happen when it happens. Yes, there, there are a lot of difficulties that have occurred because of the lockdown, because the gym's being shut. But there is reason why the gyms are shut. It would be very irresponsible for me to shout and say, no, I want my gym to be open. Can you promise safety? Can you promise that because of you, no one fell ill, that no one passes away, no one dies? God forbid. I don't go out because I'm pretty young. I'm not really going to get uh, sick. Nothing's going to happen to me. My parents will fall sick. Mm-hmm. My grandparents right. will might pass away. Right? Mm-hmm. Am I so confident that for my own, in a way, selfish needs, we'll go ahead and open the gym and put people in that danger? 
I think that's a selfish point of view. And I think there is reason why these laws have been passed. And stick it. It's not only me who's having to do it. Everyone is doing it. Everyone is having to yeah. follow this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So just stick to the law. When it opens up, it opens up. Of course, try to figure out ways that we can still keep the ball rolling. Like I still make sure the guys are training. The gym is open. They can go to the gym whenever they want. As long as they do it alone. They don't go. They have all of them have the keys. They can go by themselves. They want to do pack work. They want to do weights. They can go themselves. And I just told them not together. You want to train alone, train singularly. Don't train as a team. No, right, man. It's, uh, it's getting like, at least for me, because I have I had like the ADCC trials in December. Mm. It's now getting to a point where I'm just like, I'm mean, stir crazy and how. Mm. Uh, because for a competition like that, I know the pros are training, right? Mm-hmm. The guys who are showing up to that, that, that those events are mm-hmm. training day in, day mm-hmm. out. So, for me to sit on my ass is getting a little hard now. But I am coming up with innovative ways and interesting ways of training with my subpar friend over here. Um, <laughs> so, we dragged so- <laughs> a bunch of mats to my house this past week. And a couple of us tried to get some rounds in. But the main issue we have is everybody wants to train. So if you tell mm. one person that you, I think we're going to do some drilling, you Everyone. get like six, mm. seven, eight, nine people mm. are now like, yo, I want to train as well. When can mm. I come? I'm like, dude, now we've got a whole academy coming. So mm. we had to shut that down because my parents were like, uh, this is not a great idea. This is dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. This is not a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, no, but uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to go out and train with Mohit alone now, which is... Mm. The worst. Pleasant at best. <laughs> uh, he's, got, he's got two rounds in a max. <laughs> I but they innovate like, when, they, when, they are, when they are problems like this, like you guys are facing, uh, I, it's the intelligent ones that will innovate and find creative ideas to fix these problems. Uh, and I think, in, I don't know, for me personally, yes, combat training has taken a back seat, but my strength and conditioning has gotten next level. I've been constantly on strength conditioning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what else, man? I mean, yeah. What else, what else do can it, you do? Right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sitting and eating chocolates now. <laughs> no, but what the hell is? What the hell is? I think literally out of everybody we've spoken to, office. this has been the consensus on the one of the only positives. Like we've spoken to a couple MMA fighters, coaches, mm-hmm. athletes, and stuff. Almost everyone is saying that the literal only positive to come out of this is that. Injuries have had time to recover because mm. it's a brutal sport, man. Like, you know, mm-hmm. the meniscus, the this, that, you name it. Mm-hmm. Like, everything has shot up. So, uh, for, you know, everything, every dark cloud has a silver lining. So, I suppose this one, you can That's at cool. least say that next time you go back to training, everyone should be around 100%. So, you should get a couple of good months or weeks out of that intensity. I, I'm scared. I'm scared. Of those <laughs> gonna come Everyone is going to spar. Everyone <laughs> is just going to want to spar. So today, so like every Sunday, we have uh, like we've been doing live sessions on our on our gym uh, page. Yeah. So today was uh, <laughs> show the guys who strike, right? So those two guys had come down to do the session with me. I couldn't leave them alone. Like I had to sit at the gym until they left. Because oh, every time I look away, they're sparring. Every time I look away, they're hitting each other. Because they're dying to spar, right? And that's the thing with competitive people. And you need to have the competitive edge. Like, I'm sure one of the reasons why you guys want to roll 
Yes, of course, it's practice. Yeah. But it feeds yeah. your competitive edge. Yeah. It feeds yeah. that competitiveness. Uh, yeah, definitely. But, like, uh, it's far more fun to just kind of freestyle it than, okay, we're only going to just do technical drilling and that's it. Like, you do want to have that rolling time or free flow time at the end of yeah. training, right? But in BJ, uh, how does it, do you all have a lot of free rolling? How does the sessions go for? Uh, so how I, I, um, I schedule a class in mind or how I divide it um, is I don't waste time with, well, you see a lot of people doing body weight movements and burpees mm-hmm. and all that crap. I warm them up with basic BJJ movements. Mm-hmm. Um, I go straight into drilling. Mm. It's an hour's class, so mm. I, they warm up five minutes and then 25 minutes they drill mm. or 30 minutes they drill mm. and the remainder I'll put them in, I'll split into situationals and pure rolling. Sure. So they'll do about four to five rounds in different, starting from different situations like mount, turtle, close guard and mm. standing. And then after that, it's just free rolls. There's a couple of rolls that I'll give them uh, time to do whatever they want. Um, and then I'll end the class. Uh, what about you? How do you structure class? That's what I've actually, when it comes to uh, BJJ, I've actually been thinking, we've been trying this out for the last few months. Uh, we stopped free rolling. You don't free roll at all. The same way how you have for striking, you have days you spar. Just one day you spar. The same thing we're doing with uh, BJJ. Yeah, just one day you're rolling. Every other day is just drilling and situational rolling. So one of the reasons... Uh, I've actually think wanting to impl- start, I start doing this is because the moment you're free rolling, right? You tend to become creatures of habit. You ha- habits get created and it gets easy. Rolling, it gets easy. It gets easy. And then you continuously do the habit. It, well, you're lucky if it's a good habit, but if it's a bad habit, you're still letting the bad habit continue over and over again when you're free rolling. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Situation rolling cuts that down so much. Situation rolling makes you work on just one technique where you can concentrate on perfecting that technique. If you make an error, you can fix it. So like right. if we're working, uh, for instance, the back, the, you will just right. start at the back. If the, if, the, if the position goes to any other position, like someone goes to mount, etc., we reset back to the back. And right. I think it's been helping. We've been seeing a lot of improvements during the free rolling days. No, you will. Uh, what also worked for my guys is I put them in tighter positions so I get even more specific with it. Hmm. So I get into like an armlock position or I get into like mm-hmm. a trap triangle position mm-hmm. or I put them in like a kimura trap with their mm-hmm. one arm tucked under. So mm-hmm. I make it even more specific mm-hmm. so that like you mentioned, that's a very good point and uh, my coach Mike Morel mentioned mm-hmm. the same thing. Uh, those bad habits just keep keep carrying on, carrying on, carrying on and these guys won't even fucking realize it. That's a problem. Yeah. Um, so I put them in I start with my beginner's class, they get the, get the generic positions like the mount, side mount. Mm-hmm. But my advanced guys, they get into, let's say, inside Ashigarami or across Ashigarami mm-hmm. and they, you know, I get even more specific with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've seen a huge change in their game, uh, both defensively and offensively. You see mm-hmm. how, and these guys then, when they're teaching the technique, they realize the Small details detail. they can't afford to miss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've noticed that rolling is just now becoming almost redundant. Mm. Um, and, you know, I noticed that back in the day, we guys used to do like ridiculously long rounds, like 15-minute rounds, 20-minute 30 rounds. 30-minute rounds sometimes. It was just napping, basically. Advanced cuddling or napping. 
Mm. People wouldn't move for half the round. Yeah, you rest. Then, you take time to rest. Mm. And then three minutes left on the round, people, oh shit, yeah, what a round, bro, well done. <laughs> like the tendency to rest on bottom became pretty prevalent as far as mm-hmm. I can recall. And that, uh, like at least for some of the older guys like myself, like I found that to be a repeating problem. I'm like, man, mm. this is happening way too often now, even with the new guys. Mm. Like I found myself that, oh shit, I'm getting stuck on bottom and just staying there too much. Like, so that's mm-hmm. not good. Um, so these intense rounds and these positionals have kind of helped with that. Well, like you so, mentioned, bad habits. Like yeah. these guys just sitting on their asses and taking and accepting bottom positions mm-hmm. for, round, for the whole round. And if I put them in a three-minute match, they won't do the same thing. Hmm. Right. But also on that, like cardio, right? Because now this is becoming a problem with endurance. Uh, I really feel if someone is not, someone's endurance is not that strong, it's pointless pushing him through rounds. It's pointless. It's, you're creating bad habits. If I'm not fit, what's the point for me going six to eight-minute rounds when I'm just going to relax for four minutes? It's physically impossible for me to act. Uh, like you come, I come across that with, with uh, some of the members. Mm. You don't have the fitness to go for that many rounds. Yeah. And it's, I would tell them, it, don't take a break. It's stupid to push your body through six minutes. You're creating bad habits. Right. Mm. You're just doing things you wouldn't do if you were conditioned for that round. Yeah. Um, but um, in terms of, and I've asked a lot of coaches this question. Um, do you think that Doing other cardiovascular exercises um, uh, crosses over into their conditioning as an MMA athlete. Yeah. Aer- uh, aerobics, yes. Aerobic training, yes. Anaerobic, no. Yeah. If it's aerobic, like of course, it's or you can do shadow for thirty minutes. You could, I guess, but it's a lot more efficient if you're on a cycle or you're jogging for thirty minutes. But of course, when you look at anaerobic stuff, where you're doing, for instance, a hit workout. Tabitha, that should be sport specific. It can be a simple thing as you going one, two, jab, cross, jab, cross, jab, cross. And sprawling. That's That's when you get sport specific. Otherwise, if you anaerobic training should be sport specific. Aerobic training should be what's best, most efficient, running, jogging, cycle. That's that's an interesting point because, um, yeah, I guess that does help. Um, But, yeah, again, what it's usually accessible have. also, right? Like for everybody yeah. to do then. Like it's a mm. uh, thing that can be easily done. You don't need a fucking one lakh rupee Dyna bike. Yeah. For example, yeah. you just go for a run up a hill. Yeah. It's easier. I'd imagine. Uh, but um, that's pretty cool, man. That uh, You don't have access to any other coaches that over there and you're doing this by yourself. Mm. And you're putting yourselves on the map. Um, Quite literally. Uh, but do you see yourself expanding uh, in terms of gyms? Do you see yourself franchising with like other gyms have? What do you see for the future? Uh, Kohima is like another city which is literally like a two hour, three hour drive from Dimapur where we are located. So Kohima would be the naturally next progression and something I'm looking at. Kohima is the capital also, right? Yeah, Kohima is the capital. Yeah. So there's something that uh, I'll be doing. As soon as the lockdown gets over, we'll be starting Combat Academy Kohima. Do I want to franchise? I'm not too sure about that. I'm, it makes sense to business-wise, but I've yeah. always, I've always quality wanted, control. Yeah, I've always wanted quality control, and 
uh, I've always wanted to concentrate on athletes. The moment we, we open up to more of a client basis where you're civilians, like normal people who are just doing for fitness, then it makes sense to create a, a syllabus and then a chain and then you franchise yeah. out because you're not yeah. really, it's not that, that detailed, right? But if I'm you dealing don't with have athletes, to be there, yeah. Yeah, if it's athletes, it has to be where I am. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And um, if, in terms of, so I have a question for you. I have, I had a guy training with us who is, Again, extremely talented, hmm. uh, but I can't get the guy to come into the gym. Hmm. So let's say <laughs> you are faced with the exact same scenario. The guy is a, just like Phenom. destroys people. Let's, let's call him a phenom. Uh, let's call him a prodigy. Yeah, prodigy it's a little more accurate, okay? Yeah. Because yeah. he's uh, because he doesn't have the training. He's not as educated as a lot of the people that mm-hmm. are training regularly. So he walks in and he destroys people who've been there for years. Uh, but refuses to come into the gym to train. Hmm. Now, you as a coach, what is your? How do you deal with this fucker? How would you go I, about navigating this? Uh, you can take a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Make him drink. I knew he was yeah. gonna say that because he just said he's like, man, I don't care. Like, if you want to do fuck. it, do it. If you don't yeah. want to train, you don't want to fight. That's up to but you. But it's, it's also win. something. It's something I've re- I've noticed because uh, in Ireland, most most people are athletic. The most most people are genetically athletic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what this, what this also creates is uh, a laid-back attitude because it's so easy for them. Apathy right. towards that exactly. health. Yeah. It's so easy. Like exactly. you see, he just he walks into the gym and he, he destroys everyone. Why should I work hard? I'm beating everyone when I don't, when I don't work hard. Yeah. Why should I put in the effort to work hard? Yeah. Uh, how do you fix that? Is you have a team of crazily talented people that tell him work harder. Work yeah. harder. And yeah. then he yeah. sees that if, if I want to be one of these guys, I need to work really, really hard. So that's what it comes across. Like we have sessions at the gym where the competition team trains by itself. And of course the clients, when they come in and they train. So you, very often you come across school kids who are very athletic. They are very, very good. They pick up things so difficult, uh, so fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need to train one day with the competition team, or I will get one, one guy's competition team to come and train. Which is which is less intimidating because of course asking them to come to the competition team and training can be a little intimidating. Yeah. So I'll yeah. get I'll get one or two of the competition team to come and train with, with the yeah. train with the uh, the clients session. Right. And then then it, it puts into perspective exactly what ta- level of talent are you dealing with? How yeah, much there's... hard work do you need to do? Right. Yeah. There's that levels to this game. There's levels to this game. Uh, but um, I mean, still, what bothers me is that. I get messages from this guy on daily like, oh, I want to be the best in the world. I want to be the best in the world. But then it's just not there. Like, he won't show up. This my, my, way, my way of dealing with it is like, I just don't respond. <laughs> no, I but, think that's wrong. I think it's wrong not to respond. Yeah, you're getting... No, no, initially, initially, I do. I do over and over again, over mm-hmm. and over again. But then when it becomes the same repetitive behavior ah, for months on end, mm. I just become the one word answers, you know? Um, because I guess your patience, patience runs thin. It wears, yeah, yeah. of course it wears. So, uh, you need to, like, I think, tell him, uh, motivation is something you chase. Motivation is something that's ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Every morning you wake up and you know that that's what you want to do. But you need discipline to drive you. Discipline is what's behind you, pushing you towards that, that goal. Uh, yeah. And I think for athletes, you need both. You, 
if you want to be a competing athlete, you need to have motivation and you need to have discipline. You need both. Just having motivation will not will will make you a good athlete. Will not make you a great athlete. Same perspective. Just having discipline will make you a good athlete. Won't let you do, would, take the, yeah. be great. The, the be great. You won't take that extra step to reach yeah. your motivation. Yeah, I think that's but what how do you how do you mot- how do you keep these guys motivated, man? The young guys. Uh, you make create, sure that people better than them. <laughs> that's not easy way of doing, but that you create you. I think you you create a habit of training. Simple as that. Yeah, it's just a habit of training. And then, fortunately for me, some lot of younger guys, they live close to each other. And uh, these are young guys who don't drive and come by themselves, right? They they come together. They come public transport or they come in a bike together. Right. Having a partner, having someone going through the same journey with you really, really helps. Where if I'm lazy today, but I have someone who's telling me, hey, bro, relax. We are going, I'll come pick you up, we'll go together. It really right. helps. And I've been lucky that these guys motivate each other. Right? That's not discipline, that's motivation. They're motivating each other. Uh, but after a certain point, man, how much can you do? How much can you, you do? They're not saying you can do it. Because, um, yeah, there's. <laughs> It gets exhausting because and the also team also coach, expands. Yeah. As a coach, you take interest in guys, like guys who are committed, right? Like, yeah. And there are always guys who show up who are dedicated, who are hungry, who want to learn. Hmm. And you want to help them out how yeah. much ever you can, as much as you can. But even there, there's a, like a finality or a yeah. finite amount of what you can do from yourself as well, right? So it's good that like guys should have those sort of connects where they live close to each other or they're just like the same age getting into it in the same level so they can just you know they need that to keep going uh, that shared journey yeah these are added intangibles that happen uh, I actually had, I tried this trick it didn't really it didn't really work at all but maybe it might help I, I, I used to sign a contract with all the competition team uh, they don't pay for training it's okay. free for them right mm-hmm. to the point where when we when we travel to compete when it's amateur competition, the gym is the one that's clearing, that's sponsoring their, of, that, sponsoring their tournament. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I signed a contract with them saying that they are seven, uh, five days a week. You have to come for four sessions. Coach Carter. Yeah, but it doesn't help. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds really good. It sounds really good. But you need to be a dick to enforce it, right? That's, yeah. that's yeah. where yeah. I was yeah. wondering where I heard like... Yeah, did you call I, these guys young dude, sirs? I, I tried the same thing. I tried something similar at a school. That's I smart, in. man. No, no, but it's it's not. It's I mean, you know, some people respond to it. Some people, I can see they're working with some yeah. people. Some yeah. people respond to it. They're like, "Damn, cool, man. You're giving me free training. Mm. I'm fucking there, bro. Five days. No, a you're week. paying for my fucking tournaments. I'm mm. like, fuck yeah, I'm down. Dude. Yeah, whichever, either like, like expensive stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that didn't work out then. Yeah. <laughs> no, doesn't it doesn't. Because the problem is I'm not I'm not a strict person, right? So if someone doesn't doesn't count, I don't go like, oh, you have to pay me now, you have to pay me now. That that just didn't come out. It wasn't natural for me, so I couldn't do that. I think if you can be a dick, it will work. Oh, beautiful. I can, I can. Yeah, I can. it will work beautifully. Bro, yeah. That's my that's like on my resume, bro. Uh, but <laughs> no, but so you're take how many classes do you guys run in a day? Do you take, you take all of them? I'm guessing now. I take the evening ones. I'm not a morning person. Yeah. Yeah. So the morning uh. Is the same, strength and same. conditioning is just the fitness. So right. uh, Imkong, the pro- the professional fighter, or one of the younger ones, they handle the morning sessions. I handle the uh, two evening sessions. That's pretty cool, man. 
So three sessions in a day. And does your facility have other stuff running on it? Um, do you have shit like yoga? Um, Krav Maga. Krav, uh, Krav, I actually Krav had, we had Krav Maga for a while. For, like, we, we, shot, we were shot on Saturday Sundays. Hmm. So there was okay. someone who wanted to rent the space out. Rent the space. So he used to rent it out. But I guess he stopped coming. It wasn't really doing that well. So he stopped. He stopped. What is the five. perception of MMA and like how is the appeal of the sport uh, in Nagaland and uh, it's crazy. neighboring? A lot, a lot mad, of people right? mad. Yeah. I, to the point that, you, uh, that we had a we had a seminar in schools, right? And, and this is about five six years back. Forget you see Conor McGregor made a boom, right? Yeah. Five six years back, we had one seminar in a school. They were class nine, ten kids, nine year old kids. That's a number. That's a number. That's crazy. That I would, that shocked me. I mean, what Mohit can't guess what number is sometimes. That's impressive. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I guess. He, he wasn't lying about his resume. Grade A dickhead. <laughs> uh, I actually, uh, I, I came to Warrior School. I trained there once or twice. Years. No way. Where? Uh, this so, is. How long ago was this? Years back. This was when I just finished school. When I just come back from Thailand around college. Give me a year, like 2014. 12? 12? 12, 12, 12, 12, 12. Yeah, somewhere around there. It was tiny then. It was tiny then. Yeah. Just starting up, Jangir. I just opened it with Rajiv. I only came on board with Warrior Scope in. What year is it? What year is it? It's 20 now. 14, 14, 15, I think. As an official partner, about four years ago. Um, but before that, I mean, I was taking all the classes. So, yeah, I've been there since 2012, but teaching since 2014. Yeah, six years now for me. Um, but yeah, um, it's it weighs on you after a point of time. <laughs> you just gotta wake up and remind yourself. This is <laughs> you love what you do. Yeah. I just don't like the people associated with it. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Evils that come with life. Evils that come with life. <laughs> oh man! Uh, but I saw I saw photographs of the of your new place, uh, the one in oh, the white walls. Yes, it's a nice. That's one. pretty clean, man. That's solid looking. Yeah, it's nice. it's uh, we we got lucky with the location, man. Yeah, it's um, a really nice facility. It's big, also. We have only one pillars, nice mm-hmm. and big. Um, well, in the basement. You guys were far, man. Gurga, I still remember because I I went to. There used to be, uh, I think Edgar Noor Damas. Yes, yeah, yeah. Time, you know? yeah. yeah. So I remember I went there a couple of times. I was doing I was doing Muay Thai with him a couple of times, mm-hmm. and then I heard about uh, Warrior School. So then I came down for a couple of days to Warrior School. So how it worked was um, Edgar was Jahangir's uh, striking coach, mm-hmm. uh, Muay Thai coach, mm-hmm. and I think Edgar was shifting back. Uh, or he got a job outside the country yeah. and Jahangir was coming back from uni mm-hmm. and so that switch happened as soon as Edgar left Jahangir decided to open his own place which is uh, Warriors Cove and it was with another partner at that time who was also Edgar's student Rajiv Perry mm-hmm. and then they opened the place out and um, it's picked up man mm-hmm. um, in recent years uh, we've been struggling with um, an MMA team Mm-hmm. Uh, but our BGA team is really coming along. Um, but yeah, I I, I got to get to work on the MMA team because mm. we just are lacking 
guys, guys who, who want to fight, percent yeah. dedicated to MMA. Just guys who really want to fight, like they get it. Like it's like you said that you've dedicated your gym to, to MMA, so uh, sport, no, like, and back combat. You know, there's yeah. no like uh, you know mincing words there. Mm-hmm. So a lot of guys in Delhi, maybe at the academy, whatever. Like people are not uh, in it to mm-hmm. get punched in the head, man. It's more metropolitan. Delhi is more metropolitan. You come across more modern people. Uh, in that way, Nagaland, we are a little lucky for the sport, I guess. We are not a metropolitan. We are not that model, a modern. Uh, we are still very brutal. Mm-hmm. Right? So that mindset is, so combat is there. Uh, many, right. people, many people might not want to be martial artists. But they that still want to fight. You want to fight. Fighting is easy. Fighting is the easy part of it. I'm telling you, you ask any, anyone to get into the cage, they'll fucking love it. They will do it at a drop of a hat. But you ask them to train eight weeks to do that, that's when the problem happens. Mm. That's when the problem occurs. In fact, with me, it's probably the opposite. It's the eight weeks, which is the easy bit. Yeah. Uh, but uh, getting into the cage would be a worry, worrisome thought. But um, I, have a, I have another question for you, man. And, and I have a very strong opinion about this. Uh, you mentioned that, uh, I mean, you mentioned something along the lines of that killer mentality mm. of having to step into a cage. Mm. Um, now, GSP and athletes like Anderson Silva dictate, you don't have to be a killer, you can just be a martial artist. Uh, and people use that example uh, to say that you don't have to be a killer, to, you don't have to have that killing mentality to be in a cage or to be a good MMA fighter. And I counter the arguments by saying GSP and Anderson Silva both had killing mentality. In spades. Um, yeah. So, uh, what are your thoughts on that ability to kill? And do you think it's necessary? Or do you think just your merits on and your ability to be a good martial artist can get you it to can. a higher level? It can get you. Uh, uh, at the end of the day, combat is a physical task. And... Physical task is based on athletes, your body. So training your body to be a good athlete can take you there. But then there'll be certain situations where you need that edge, right? You need that little bit of... Uh, is that instinct like, to like, drive um, something? Yeah, like in, in Nagami's, like, Motaste means I'm a man, right? And Laura, you know that that abusive word, right? So in, that, <laughs> yeah. so in, in, in certain situations, you just got to be like, I'm also a fucking man. Let's go. Yeah. Those stuff is necessary, but it's not necessary all the time. You don't need to do that in a, in a five minute fight, mm-hmm. but there'll be certain seconds in that five minute fight where that fire needs to come alive. Right. That competitive edge needs to come alive. Right. And I guess that will, of course, it's not necessary, but it will give you an edge in certain situations. So that actually builds up to my next question immediately. You think that can be taught? You think it can be taught that fighting spirit? Yes. I mean, yeah, they say you can't teach heart, but you think they can? I teach think it can be that killing yeah. ability. I think it and uh, being taught is the wrong word. You can make someone uh, put someone in that situation so many times that they learn that they have to evolve into a killing mentality to overcome this particular hardship. Right. Yeah. You, you can't yeah. teach someone. You can't teach someone something. They have to go through that situation again and again and again. And simply put, is uh, during training, when you're sparring, you are just wrestling against the cage. Yeah. It's, After another, it's one person 
take a break. You're going uh, Iron Man rounds. You are against the cage for five minutes straight, and there's one person coming in every minute, every minute. Of course, mm-hmm. your cardio is going to fail you. The concept of Iron Man is for your cardio to fail. The yeah. your endurance will lose, and when your endurance loses, it's your adrenaline adrenaline kicking in. You need to pump yourself up so adrenaline can shoot in, and then you finish the round. So I think you can you can train someone to have that instinct. Right. Even the use of adrenaline is um, it's something that I've had to teach the fighters um, and the BJJ competitors to use. Um, it's very difficult to channel that, you know, you'd see the most experienced and the most, um, the veterans you'd say, um, subject to adrenaline dumps and they're just unable to control yeah. when to, um, let go. Mm-hmm. And, um, I feel that is something which can't be taught, um, or it can be taught to a certain extent, but after a point, it's just. Uh, your skill level will determine a lot of that. I mean, it's also uh, how much do you talk about it? Like, how much do you discuss it? Uh, not you in particular. Uh, quite anyone. a bit, man. It's very important. I think it's a very important part of competition, bro. It is. You need to. We need to be mentally fit to do it. And when you come to adrenaline dumps, I think it's the job of the coach, the corner, to yes. be able to identify when is that that is necessary. And you mm-hmm. and then what happens is I, I don't corner people I don't know. Mm. I only Interesting. corner people, people I'm comfortable with, people mm. I know. And one of the reasons why my team and me have had such good chemistry, I know them personally. I know what tickles their bone. In you know, time. Get, get, I know, get, can uh, get them excited. Yeah. Yeah. I know what to say when I'm cornering them. If I'm watching someone requiring an adrenaline dump, I know what will, what will push them up. And it's very important. You need to be able to identify when that will help. And because like you said, Ashwin said, adrenaline dump happens. Yeah, and adrenaline dumps is something that will break you. It will kill it you. It will break yeah. no matter how good you are. No matter how good you, are. it's something that's yeah. it's it's science. It's going to happen no, yeah. matter, no matter how fit you are. Yeah, I've seen Hodge Gracie on Tim Kennedy's back and just unable to finish him because he's adrenaline. exhausted. Adrenaline, yeah. but again, um, that dude, you mentioned cornering, man. It's again such an underdeveloped. I'd say it's an art to an extent because uh, I've recently been trying to get my competition team to corner each other because mm-hmm. I feel I'm not going to be around there forever. Mm-hmm. So they need to be able to corner each other. And I don't, you don't, I mean, some guys do very well with uh, the hysterical corners, you know, yeah. the guys yelling at them. <laughs> <laughs> but my approach is very different. Uh, in fact, if it, uh, so I've been, I've just been trying to teach that. I wouldn't be surprised if John Dana would come up with a with a tutorial and instruction how, how to corner, <laughs> how to corner them. Uh, <laughs> I, I completely yeah. agree. Mm. Yeah. So, um, do you get your guys to corner each other as well? Uh, during sparring, yes. Mm-hmm. During competition, and no. Just you, just you in competition. Yeah. I'm guessing. Mm. And uh, what's your approach again? So, uh, mine's a very, I'm a very mellow corner. <laughs> um, but I do get them hyped from time to time. And I think that's probably the only approach to it. Yeah. What do you think? I, you're right. That's how it should be. I tend to get excited. Like I said, uh, I know these guys personally. So I'm also very personally invested in their fights. Right. And I've noticed that there are certain fights that when it has gotten, when the emotions have risen, so has mine. And that's very wrong. 
on respect i realized that's wrong cuz i start going to that blah 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 punch 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 get up get up get up it's fucking dumb yeah. i've devolved to a, a neanderthal yeah. right, right. <laughs> that's true yeah uh, you need to be meticulous you need to say word by word how to get up how to do this how to st- stand up yeah. yeah uh what i've also realized and what i want to start doing is take advantage of two corners that's how they say this you should have always have two corners i really feel one corner second should, perspective no second uh, one corner should be the one who is meticulously dictating what is happening be very unemotional about it, very stoic the second one can be get little can get caught chillier. up in, can get can get a chillier yeah there is a hype man the second one yeah. can become a hype man yeah. i is something i've been thinking about but i've never tried fixing this formula maybe it will work one day maybe it won't let's see um i i tend to play both uh the the hysterical cheerleader from time to time as well as um the meticulous stoic okay. corner uh because again uh each individual is separate man so um my problem is i go up but i can't come back down you got to go yeah okay okay my my told me back on the jumping into the cage smacking the air out i have <laughs> there's been so many fights right i think our team has competed like so many like 60 70 times i can i can count number of times i've taken the stool inside <laughs> i fucking forget i'm so like i, I forget to take the stool inside oh man <laughs> just sitting on somebody's back instead so um i think it's just to wrap this up i've got one last question for you um who are some of your major influences um, in your mixed martial arts process and journey so far and basically uh, guys you picked up a lot of information from personally as well as um, just people you've watched or revered studied studied yeah. revered whatever when it comes to uh, wrestling uh, nick kilstein he interesting was, yeah when it comes to wrestling he was uh, he is a teacher in bombay uh he had come down he was ncwa division 1 wrestler and he was teaching in bombay so he joined the team in evolution he was handling the wrestling it was with him that not only not only technique mm-hmm. but the way wrestling classes happen the mindset behind it the the way it's done the meticulous talking the explanation i would before like i know for a fact it was him that changed me into understanding how important it is to sit and talk to your your guys, your guys. yeah, yeah. Mm. okay we're going to do this today it's going to be 3 minutes of high intensity followed by 1 minute of thing and what it helped how it helped me to train in a in a situation like that i knew how much energy was expected mm. right if you tell me that i'm going to go in high high for high intensity for 3 minutes and then i'm going to get low intensity break for 1 minute i'm going to go i know i have that break yeah. coming up yeah, but if sure. you're going to yeah. tell me that i'm uh, i'm you're not going to tell me how long my session is going to be i'm i'm going to keep something back i'm yeah, going to keep the whole back of course yeah. just subconsciously even if it's yeah. not you know so wrestling wise definitely keep uh, kelsey uh is nick kelsey he fought for you the fc right yeah he fought for ifc too right right um okay um what about are you still in touch with uh, jitendra uh, yeah yeah of course we that's what i said we are, we are tight we still tight friends right and uh, where does he get uh, his teachings and who grades him how does that work uh, most 
when it comes to wrestling games, it was Nick Kilstein. When it comes to uh, grappling, uh, this Carlos Almeida. I'm yes. Not, oh, that guy actually hit, he's hit us up on uh, Instagram, actually. Uh, like an old, he's an old school BJ Black belt, correct? Yeah. Let me check. Yeah, yeah. Sweet guy. Uh, yeah. Um, then, who uh, else, man? What's some more names? Uh, Darren. Who's Darren from Singapore? Uh, yeah. And his, his team. Him. BJJ guys over there. Mm. So the gra- grappling wise, that's it. When it comes to me, first, uh, man, Dwayne Ludwig, bang oh, oh, Dillashaw. Nice. When it comes to striking, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. dude, that guy's a genius. Um, in fact, I got into his system before uh, my first his pro debut, and we picked up a lot of stuff that was very, very oh. useful. Oh, my guy was supposed to compete, but fight with my young. Remember that? Like, yeah. Remember what happened with that shit show? Fuck, yeah. man. That fell through. But that would have been very, very interesting. Uh, that would have been a very technical match, I feel. Mm-hmm. Which we couldn't go through with. Mm. But yeah, someday I hope to make soon. that happen yeah. someday, man. Um, because very few legitimate guys we get to talk to. And uh, it's a pleasure. We had, I really enjoyed talking to you, man. It's refreshing to have. Thank you so much, man. Uh, an intellectual amongst us. <laughs> Please don't call me that. Dude, we, were, we were literally making dick jokes before you came on. That's why we were screaming, laughing. So, like, our level of intelligence has gone up a little bit thanks to you. We appreciate it. Uh, we really enjoyed having you on, man. Thank you so much. Thank you for, thanks, for doing this, man. Appreciate it. No worries. Take appreciate care. It,